Welcome to the Finding Clarity Podcast, featuring Dr. George Cannon. This podcast is a ministry of the Kerbinsville Christian Church. Finding Clarity seeks to answer your questions about Christianity. Here's George as he looks at this week's question. Welcome to the Finding Clarity Podcast. This is George Cannon, and you are listening to Episode 55. The Finding Clarity Podcast is a podcast ministry of the Kerbinsville Christian Church where we seek to answer questions that you might have about Christianity and the Christian life. So each week we do this podcast in order to answer a question that folks commonly wrestle with and they want to know an answer for, or it's a question that they have been presented with and they don't really know how to respond to it. So this week we're going to hit a question that really is asked by two different groups of people. We're going to talk about those two groups of people here in a moment, but you might be saying, okay, George, what is this question that they're asking about? Well, it has to do with baptism, and in particular, believer's baptism. And the question is, is should I be rebaptized? Should I be rebaptized? So what we're going to do today is we're going to try to answer this question for both groups. But before we identify who the groups are, we really need to kind of address what the issue of believer's baptism is. What is believer's baptism? Well, believer's baptism is basically the Christian baptism where someone has committed their life to follow Jesus Christ. They have experienced salvation. And in obedience to Christ's command, they are baptized by immersion in water, signifying the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, and that they, because of salvation, have died to their old self, and they have been raised to walk in newness of life. And this occurs when somebody has made that decision to follow Jesus Christ. And it's based upon the command that we find in Matthew chapter 28, verse 19 and 20, where Jesus says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So that's what believer's baptism is. Now the question is, First of all, who are these groups? Why are they asking the question? And how do you respond to it? So let's take, let's kind of identify who the groups are. First of all, one group of people who want to consider the option of being rebaptized are those who maybe have been baptized before with believers baptism, but they've kind of in their life drifted away from Jesus Christ. They have maybe committed sins, they have what is known as backslidden, they have they have been backslidden, turned away from Christ, but now they've recommitted their life to Jesus, they've decided to once again follow him and wholeheartedly, and so they feel like maybe they should be rebaptized, signifying that they have now recommitted their life to Jesus Christ. That's the first group. The second group are those believers who were baptized as infants in a mainline church, particularly maybe in a Methodist church, maybe a Catholic church, maybe even a Presbyterian church, a Lutheran church, an Episcopal church. And they're wondering, you know, 
why do I need to be rebaptized? Because now they're going to what is known as a free church or a Bible-believing church, and the requirement is for them to be baptized by immersion, believer's baptism, in order for them to be a member in that congregation. Or they're kind of maybe heard something that maybe they feel like they need to, but they're not sure if they should. That's the second group. So what we're going to do the rest of our time here is to kind of address both groups of people who are asking this question. So let's talk about the first group who wants to be re-baptized because they've recommitted their lives to Jesus and they want baptism to express that. So how do you address that? Well, first of all, I've had that issue happen several times as a pastor. So here's what you need to understand. First of all, the whole concept of being rebaptized as a result of a recommitment to Christ because they have fallen into sin and now they have repented and gone back to living their life. They've recommitted their life to Jesus Christ. You're not going to find anywhere in the scripture to validate that type of experience or that type of action. Nowhere in the New Testament do you see a command or even an example of somebody being rebaptized as an expression of their recommitment to follow Jesus Christ. Baptism, Christian baptism by immersion, believer's baptism in the New Testament is always an expression of salvation when somebody comes to Jesus Christ by faith, and they are saved from the wrath of God, and they've experienced salvation, and they've entered into that relationship with Jesus. What the Bible does say about people who fall off into sin, who maybe drift away from Christ, it doesn't call them to be rebaptized once they come to their senses and return to Jesus. What it does call them to do is to repent. That's the only obligation. For somebody who's making a recommitment, the, the call is to be repentant. And the sign of that to the church is as they go back to the church and they acknowledge, they confess, I have, I have turned my back on Jesus. I'm back to Christ. And now the responsibility of the church is, quote, not to rebaptize them but to forgive them and accept them back into the family of God, that is, into that local body of believers. That's what we see there. In fact, that's what Paul says in Second Corinthians. In chapter 2 of Second Corinthians, Paul is writing them about a brother who had fallen into sin but now had repented. And listen to what he is saying to them. He's saying in verse 6, This punishment which was inflicted by the majority is sufficient for such a man, so that, on the contrary, you ought to rather forgive and comfort him, lest perhaps such a one be swallowed up with too much sorrow. Therefore I urge you to reaffirm your love to him. What's going on here? Here was a gentleman who had drifted away from Christ. He was disciplined by the church. That is, he was excommunicated or shunned by the church because he was living in sin. And so because of being shunned and excommunicated, the grief that struck his heart, he repented. And now Paul is urging the church to 
reaffirm that brother, to forgive them, and to restore him back to the local church. To be honest with you, that is the only example, the only thing that is suggested in the New Testament concerning the issue of somebody who has backslidden and now recommitted their life. They're not to be rebaptized. Baptism is an expression of the reality of salvation in their life. It is not an expression of a recommitment to Jesus. Now, with regards to the second group, it becomes rather touchy. Now, it's not touchy for those who believe in believer's baptism. But if you are somebody who believes in infant baptism, let's say you are a part of a mainline church, you are a part of a of a church where infant baptism is practiced and very much taught, you're going to be wrestling with the question of really, do I really need to be rebaptized because I'm going to this Baptist church or to this free church or whatever? And, and the reality is, is, well, you need to consider what baptism is. To those who are in the main line who hold to infant baptism, they view baptism as really a covenant sign that's made by the parent, just like circumcision was made concerning the old covenant in the in 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 the old testament in fact that's what they say baptism is the covenant sign in the new testament and so that is a decision that the parents make because they're saying that you're going to be brought up in a covenant relationship whereby you will come to faith and believe in Jesus Christ for those of us who believe in Baptism by immersion, that is baptism by being submerged in water, believer's baptism, we don't agree with that. Yes, we would say it is a covenant sign. Yes, it is a sign of the new covenant. It is a symbol of salvation, but it occurs after you make that decision to follow Jesus Christ. A baby can't make that decision. That's the decision the parents make. When it comes to baptism, that is an individual decision that you have to make because you have decided to follow Jesus Christ. So now because you have decided to follow Jesus Christ, you are now going to do as Jesus said, be baptized as an expression of that faith in Jesus Christ. That's the difference. So if you're in that second group and you're wondering whether or not you should be rebaptized. You really need to study the scripture and decide for yourself what baptism is and what does it express. And what is the example of it in the New Testament? And what you're going to find is, is primarily the example in the New Testament is baptism by immersion, believer's baptism as an expression of belief in Jesus Christ. Now, some who hold to infant baptism will point to certain passages in the book of Acts where it says, and their household. But that's not really a valid support to say that there were infants baptized, because it just simply says household. Well, you say, well, it may not be a support, but it's not necessarily a detractor. I understand that. But on the whole, when you look at what is being expressed in the New Testament, it is the baptism of believers to express their faith in Jesus Christ. 
Finding Clarity podcast is really an opportunity to answer questions that you might have about Christianity and the Christian life. And you're saying, George, I have some questions. I'm not sure how to get them to you. How can I get them to you? Well, there are several ways that you can get those to us. If you attend a service here at the Kerwinsville Christian Church, you can ask me a question anytime, or you can just simply write them down, put it in the offering plate, and the guys here will get that to me, and we'll look at whether or not to answer it here or address it to you directly. If you don't have a church home, we would encourage you to Join us for our service here at the Kerwinsville Christian Church. We're located at 700 State Street in Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania. And our service is at 1045. And we would encourage you to join us as we worship the Lord Jesus and learn from his word. You can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Podcast. And while you are there, we would encourage you to like our page. That way you can keep up with what's happening on the Facebook page, but through that page, you can either direct message us or write on our wall and we'll get your question. You can also visit us on our webpage, KerwinsvilleChristian.org. And while you are there, you can go to the contact page, type in your question, and it will get to us and we'll see about answering it here on the podcast. You might be listening and you say, George, I really like the podcast. How do I support the ministry of the Kerwinsville Christian Church. Well, you can do that through any of the means there, Facebook, through our webpage, or you can write us at Kerwinsville Christian Church, 700 State Street, Kerwinsville, PA, 16833. Next week, we're going to talk about a question that has to do with the Christian life. And the question really is one that we really need to give some thought to. And it has to do with being carnal. And so here's the question. What is a carnal Christian? Do they even exist? What is a carnal Christian? Until next week, take care.